Thanks to our new sponsor, Factor. Factor delivers delicious, fresh, never-frozen meals that are ready to heat and eat in two minutes. Head to factormeals.com slash dailybeans50 and use code dailybeans50 to get 50% off your first box. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, March 14th, 2023. Today, Michael Cohen testifies before the grand jury in Manhattan and is expected to return tomorrow. Trump's lawyers have met with the Manhattan DA to argue why Trump shouldn't be indicted. A little-known Trump lawyer draws scrutiny in Fulton County. A New York judge greenlights the $2.7 billion defamation lawsuit from Smartmatic against Fox News. And 21 South Carolina Republicans propose the death penalty for women who have abortions. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Woohoo, Dana! Oh, reunited and it, and it feels, feels so, so good. good. <laughs> oh, I've missed you. I've missed the Beans listeners. Um, I just want to give a shout out. AG, I can't even tell you. We've got a lot of Beans listeners in the lesbian community that were on the cruise I was on. I got to meet, obviously, one of our listeners uh, that was hoping I would be on week two. And there was a pleasant surprise that I was, but I missed recording with you. Um, so that was super fun. And before we get into the news, Albuquerque, New Mexico, I am coming home. May 20th. The show is at the South Broadway Cultural Center. I posted it on the Patreon account on Facebook. So behind the beans, all those special people got to hear about the show, but I haven't been able to record until now. Tickets are selling fast. You can go to my website, which I'm just redone. It's danagoldberg.com. Hit the appearances, scroll down to May 20th and get your tickets before it sells out because they are going fast. Yes, that will sell out. So May 20th, A-L-B-U-Q-U-E-R-Q-U-E, the 505. Yep. is coming home. I am. And, uh, and we're glad to have you here, Home on the Beans. We missed you. Home, I missed you. Home on the Beans. I'm not going to finish that song, but uh, we have a lot of news but to But someone to. listening is, so well done there. <laughs> and if you, speaking of, have any good news you want to send in to us, you can do it by going to dailybeanspod.com. And clicking on contact, I also just want to take a second to thank our patrons. You make this show possible and you get the ad-free feed and you get to hang out with me on the uh, every other Friday, ask me anything, meet and greet, cocktail, happy hour thing that happens that's going to happen this Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Eastern. And I think we're going to be doing a live show in Chicago. We're working out the dates and some details. Uh, That's going to be the week of the Netroots convention, which is like Politicon, but without Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Uh, and that's going to be uh, the weekend of July 13th, 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, some, somewhere around that time we're trying to work something out. And patrons, you get special VIP pre-sale. There'll be a meet and greet and, you know, you can meet and hang out with everyone and before the show. It's super fun if you haven't been to a live show before. And uh, now that COVID is, well, not over, um, especially for our friends with long COVID, I mean, that is just absolutely a miserable thing to have to contend with. But, you know, now that we're back doing live shows, we wanted to come out and maybe start doing some live podcasts. So look for that. We'll keep you posted. We have a lot of news to get to. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. First up from The New York Times, Michael Cohen, a crucial witness in the Manhattan District Attorney's criminal investigation into Trump, 
testified in front of the grand jury today, Monday, as prosecutors near a likely indictment for the former president. Mr. Cohen, who is Trump's former fixer, testified for much of the afternoon, about three hours, and he is expected to return on Wednesday to complete, quote, complete his testimony. That is the Ides of March. When he walked into the building where the grand jury meets, Cohen remarked to reporters that he felt fine, but a little twisted, to be honest, inside, and that his goal was to tell the truth. On his way out, Cohen's lawyer, Lanny Davis, called it a long and productive afternoon and said that Mr. Cohen answered all questions. His appearance is one of several recent signals that the DA, Alvin Bragg, is poised to seek an indictment of the former guy for his role in paying hush money to a porn star in the days leading up to the 2016 presidential election. We all remember the Stormy Daniels hush money payment. Mr. Bragg's prosecutors have already questioned at least seven other people before the grand jury this year, which leads me to believe this might be part of a larger conspiracy. When you've got Pecker, David Pecker in there, and you've got, uh, for you know, from the National Enquirer, and when you've got Keith Davidson, the other lawyer, who they kind of had this racket going, Dana, where they would catch and kill stories and silence women. They did it with Karen McDougal, these three yep. folks. They did it with Stormy Daniels. They did it with Elliot Broidy's $1.6 million abortion mistress. So this was kind of a, a racket thing they had going on. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw maybe some conspiracy charges here, which could also be the second crime. Because as we know, the first crime, falsifying business records, is a misdemeanor. And in order to turn that into a felony, you must wave your magic wand and find a second crime, which isn't hard to do uh, in the Trump organization. <laughs> so <laughs> what is it? You swing a cat and you'll hit an indictment, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Uh, let's please don't swing your cat. But anyway, I think there could be some sort of conspiracy at play. But he, you know, he's poised, this DA is poised to seek an indictment for the former president. Um, now, now, Bragg's prosecutors have already questioned, like I said, those seven other people. Cohen is the final person here. And it's going to be interesting to see what kind of witness he makes, because he will likely be the star witness. Now, another signal that indictment is likely came when Bragg's office informed Trump lawyers that the former guy could appear before the grand jury this week if he wants to. Now, this is something that happens in New York. It doesn't really happen in federal grand juries, but you offer the person the right to show up to their grand jury. So you have a right. You would have to, uh, you know, you get immunity, though. You wouldn't be able to plead the fifth. And uh, those offers almost always indicate that an indictment is close. Because in New York, like I said, those defendants have the right to answer questions shortly before they're indicted. Now, Trump declined the offer officially. That's news. And that's according to people with knowledge of his decision. Members of his legal team recently met privately with prosecutors to make their case against an indictment. That's another step, a final step before an indictment. So there's a third big glaring you know, clue that uh, Donald Trump could be indicted soon, imminently, right? Which could mean in a month. Yeah. <laughs> and that's according to one of his lawyers that they met with prosecutors to try to talk him out of an indictment. That's Joseph Takapina. He said that on Good Morning America today on Monday. One of the lawyers at the meeting was Susan Nichelles, who uh, Mr. Tacopina, and I keep wanting to call him Mr. Tapioca, said was leading the charge for Donald Trump. Okay, that's a new lawyer who's soon to be disbarred. Cohen, I'm <laughs> just, that's a, not in the article. That's just my... Opinion. I mean, hey, there seems to be a pattern. When there's a pattern, yeah. When... <laughs> When in Rome. Uh, now, Cohen will return to the grand jury to complete his testimony tomorrow, like I said, Wednesday, 1.30 p.m. Eastern, if you want to go hang out, see if you can catch him on his way in. And in a related story, this is weird. The ex-wife of Alan Weisselberg, 
showed up at the courthouse today and told reporters she was there to testify. But Jose Paglieri over at the Daily Beast determined that was a lie. She did not testify today. She was just there to snag some media attention. So only the best people. My goodness. All right, A.G., this is from Ed Pilkington. He's at The Guardian. As Rupert Murdoch's Fox Corporation battles to contain the Dominion lawsuit scandal that has engulfed its top executives and stars, well, there's another crisis in the building, in those wings that has the potential to cause further turbulence for this media empire. Smartmatic. Smartmatic's lawsuit against Fox News has attracted only a fraction of the attention garnered by the legal action of Dominion, Well, yet both firms are suing Fox for defamation related to its coverage of Donald Trump's stolen election lie, and both pose a serious threat to Fox's finances and reputation. In fact, on paper, Smartmatic's suit appears to be the more dangerous. It's demanding damages of $2.7 billion. That's compared to Dominion's $1.6 billion. And I would love to see these both go through, Mm. because that's $4.3 billion that Fox News would be responsible for. Now, So far, attempts by Fox lawyers to have the Smartmatic case dismissed, they've fallen on stony ground. Last week, the New York State Supreme Court in Manhattan gave the green light for the case to proceed against Fox News. The Fox business host Maria Bartiromo, then the former business anchor Lou Dobbs, and Trump's former lawyer also who could get disbarred is really Giuliani. (laughs) Now, Smartmatic, a global election technology company headquartered in London, they lodged its defamation suit in February of 2021. And the earth is round was the complaint striking opening sentence. <laughs> Went on to say, two plus two equals four. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris won the 2020 election. The complaint goes on to argue that contrary to these indisputable facts, which Fox News is not familiar with those facts, <laughs> apparently Fox News broadcast a series of blatant lies in support of Trump's stolen election conspiracy theory. And this is a quote, defendants did not want Biden to win the election. They wanted President Trump to win re-election. They also saw an opportunity to capitalize on President Trump's popularity by inventing a story. Now, to prop up that story, the lawsuit claims that Fox needed a villain. That villain was Smartmatic. Smartmatic claims that more than 100 false statements were broadcast by Fox News hosts and guests. Smartmatic was falsely said to have been involved in 2020 election counts In six battleground states, in fact, it was present only at the count in Los Angeles County. Not even the state of California, just Los Angeles County. Yeah. Well, Fox broadcast that Smartmatic shared its technology with Dominion, when in fact the two companies had no communication and regarded each other as rivals. They're business rivals. Smartmatic was in cahoots. They're saying Smartmatic was in cahoots with foreign governments in a conspiracy to rig the vote for Biden, Giuliani said on Bartiromo's show. Giuliani said that, and that's a claim that the company disputes is false and defamatory. Well, Fox News also described Smartmatic as having been founded in Venezuela at the behest of corrupt dictators. Well, in fact, it was founded by Antonia Mimuguka and Roger Piñata in 2000 in where? Boca Raton, Florida, which is a long way from Venezuela. I know people aren't great with geography, but it's not even close. Now, that was created in the wake of the, quote, hanging Chad fiasco with the aim of using technology to restore people's faiths in election results. So Fox is in a shit ton of trouble. This is going to go on for a very long time, and I love to see it. I want Rupert Murdoch's company, I mean, disbanded because that would be the best thing for our democracy, but 
let him get fined 4.3 in totality. That's amazing. Yeah. And and hopefully the public damage that, you know, just so far what we've seen from the Dominion suit and hopefully some of that will come out into the Smartmatic suit as well. And just the just maybe really dampen the public's trust in that in that network. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. And at a Georgia state Senate hearing a few weeks after President Trump lost his bid for reelection, Rudy Giuliani began making outlandish claims, quote, there are 10 ways to demonstrate that this election was stolen, that the votes were phony, that there were a lot of them dead people, felons, phony ballots. That's what he told assembled legislators. This is Georgia. After Rudy's testimony, a like-minded Georgia lawyer named Robert Cheeley presented video clips of election workers handling ballots at the State Farm Arena in downtown Atlanta. Mr. Cheeley spent 15 minutes laying out suspicious assertions that the workers were double and triple counting votes, saying their actions, quote, should shock the conscience of every red-blooded Georgian, and likening what he said had happened to the 1941 attack on Pearl Harbor. His comments mostly flew under the radar at the time, overshadowed by the election fraud claims made by Rudy, who was then Trump's personal lawyer, and by other high-profile figures. But Cheeley's testimony did not end up in the dustbin. He was among the witnesses questioned last year by special grand jury in the Atlanta case, that Fulton County grand jury case that investigated election interference by Trump and his allies. And the grand jury's forewoman, Emily Coors, said that in an interview last month. The fact that Mr. Cheeley was called to appear before the special grand jury adds to the evidence that although the Atlanta investigation is focused on Trump's biggest areas of legal exposure, the call he made to Raffensperger, for example, the false claims made by his allies at legislative hearings have also been of significant interest. Giuliani has been told that he is among the targets who could face charges in the investigation, and I bet he gets indicted. Quote, he did testify before us, said Ms. Coors, of Mr. Cheeley in that interview. His appearance left such an impression that Ms. Coors began reciting from memory the beginning of Cheeley's remarks at the state Senate hearing. Asked if his testimony to the special grand jury had been credible, she said, I'm not going to tell you that Mr. Cheeley was not the one I'm going to. <laughs> she, she, do you remember uh, Ms. Coors, by the way, Dana? No, please, please remind myself and the listeners. Little media tour. She was the four person, the grand jury, special purpose grand jury four person. And when it asked if she if they had recommended indictments of Trump, she went, I'm not going to say either way, but then made this face like, Yeah, we are. And, <laughs> <laughs> so she was really an interesting uh interview. But she said, I'm gonna tell you that Mr. Cheeley was not one that I'm gonna forget. Now, Cheeley did not return calls for comment for the article, this article, and he was not present when a reporter visited his office Wednesday in the Atlanta suburb of Alpharetta. The fact that he testified before the special grand jury was not previously known. That's the news here. He testified to the grand jury. He could be one of the dozen or so people that Ms. Coors said got immunity in this case, but we don't know who received immunity and who didn't. We don't know that yet. In an interview in January, he remained steadfast in his belief that Biden had not won the election. Quote, if we lose confidence in the integrity of the elections, we won't have a country much longer. Yes, that's fucking true. You douchebag. <laughs> that's why you have to stop <laughs> lying about it. Yeah. Now, Chile, who is little known outside Georgia, has a long track record as a plaintiff's attorney and has been involved in lawsuits brought against Ford, GM and other automakers. More recently, as legal work has developed deeply into politics. He is a lead lawyer on one of the last pro-Trump election lawsuits that's still standing in effort to review tens of thousands of 2020 ballots that are being kept in a Fulton County warehouse. He also represented one of the fake electors who tried to circumvent Biden's victory in Georgia. And he was a lawyer for David Perdue. 
the Republican former U.S. senator, during Purdue's unsuccessful run for governor last year. Now, Cheeley appeared at the state Senate hearing on December 30th, 2020, right after the election, the last of three legislative hearings that month about the election at which Rudy appeared in person or remotely. And in each of the hearings, Giuliani and Trump and other allies laid out a broad array of baseless allegations that the election had been stolen. John Eastman, another Trump lawyer, for example, erroneously claimed that at one of the hearings, one of those Georgia hearings, that as many as 66,000 underage individuals were allowed to register in Georgia. I don't know if there are 66,000 underage individuals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there definitely are. But that's like every... Okay. Anyway, a review by the New York Times found only about a dozen Georgians on the 2020 voter rolls who were listed in state records as having been 16 at the time. But even those cases appeared most likely to be data entry errors Now, Georgia has laws against making false statements in official settings. Those who testified falsely before the legislature may also face liability under Georgia's conspiracy to commit election fraud statute. That's Norm Eisen. He said that he served as a special counsel to the House Judiciary Committee during the first Trump impeachment. And he co-wrote a report by the Brookings Institution, which is a research organization in Washington, examining the Georgia case. Conspiracy charges could be considered for Trump allies who spoke at hearings and other official events. Quote, to the extent their statements and other conduct were part of the larger Trump-led scheme to interfere in the election in the state. Now, Ms. Willis has also, according to interviews and court records, weighed the possibility of bringing racketeering charges, which could be broadly applied. After hearing from a number of nonpartisan election experts, as well as witnesses like Mr. Cheeley, who believe the election was stolen, the grand jurors unanimously found there was no significant voter fraud in the Georgia 2020 election. And there's been no shortage of sparring over the investigation, including a number of social media posts from Don, Donald himself. The vitriol is likely to grow more intense as Miss Willis nears her decision over indictments. Last weekend, Trump hailed Republican state lawmakers for seeking new checks on the power of local DAs who are elected in Georgia. Quote, they want to make it easier to remove and replace local rogue prosecutors who are incompetent, racist or unable to properly do their job. That's what he wrote on Truth Social, commending lawmakers for acting boldly, fairly and fast. I don't think that legislation is going anywhere, at least not anytime soon. I sure hope not. All right, A.G., to close out this block, this is from Tessa Stewart at Rolling Stone. Members of the South Carolina state, members of the South Carolina state, they're considering a bill that would make a woman who has had an abortion in the state eligible for the death penalty because nothing says pro-life like Mm. killing women. Mm. All right. The South Carolina... Prenatal Equal Protection Act of 2023 would amend the state's code of laws, redefining, quote, person to include a fertilized egg at the point of conception. And most women don't even know they're fucking pregnant, by the way, at the moment of conception. In fact, no woman knows they're pregnant at the moment (laughs) of conception. And this is affording that zygote quote, equal protection under the homicide laws of the state, up to and including the ultimate punishment, death. The bill was authored by Rep. Rob Harris, a registered nurse and a member of the Freedom Caucus. It has attracted 21 co-sponsors to date. Two former co-sponsors, Rep. Matt Lieber and Rep. Kathy Landing, they asked to have their names removed as sponsors of the bill. Apparently, Lieber and Landing could not be reached for comment. Shocking. And Rep. Nancy Mace, who is no surprise to anyone, Republican who represents South Carolina in the U.S. House, took to the floor on Friday to call attention to the bill, which she sees as part of a deeply disturbing trend. Multiple Texas lawmakers have floated the idea of executing women who have abortions in the past 
Those bills proposed before the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. Those have failed, by the way. And this is a quote. To see this debate go to the dark places, the dark edges where it has gone on both sides of the aisle, has been deeply disturbing to me as a woman, as a female legislator, as a mom, and as a victim of rape. I was raped as a teenager at the age of 16. This is from Mace. Now, went on to say, this debate ought to be a bipartisan debate where we balance the rights of women and we balance the right to life. But we aren't having that conversation here in D.C. We aren't having that conversation at home. We aren't having that conversation with fellow state lawmakers, end quote. Asked about exceptions for victims of rape, which Mace raised in her remarks on the floor, Harris told Rolling Stone, and this is another quote, there are other bills with exceptions, but will do little or nothing to save the lives of pre-born children. Pre-born children. That's not a fucking thing, by the way. He went on to list exceptions the bill does contain, including, quote, a duress defense for women who are pressured or threatened to have an abortion, okay, and, quote, medical care to save the mother's life. The functional language in that scenario is whether the baby's life is forfeited unintentionally or intentionally. Hmm. By the way, it doesn't fucking mention a man Anywhere in this bill, by the way, in the sense of responsibility, I don't know if you know this, Beans listeners, but a woman can't actually get pregnant without sperm and sperm comes from men. Okay. Yeah. And and medical care to save the mother's life. Why doesn't that include mental health care? Absolutely. Great question. Of course, because they're not thinking about this because they're so pro-life. Now, since Roe v. Wade was overturned in June, Republican lawmakers in South Carolina's House and Senate, they have failed to agree on new abortion restrictions. Republicans in the House have insisted on outlawing abortion at conception, while the GOP majority in the Senate have put forth a proposal that would ban the practice at around six weeks. Again, both women, most yeah. women don't know that they're pregnant at six weeks. Regardless, this shouldn't even be a fucking issue. Abortion is currently legal, by the way, in South Carolina, up to 21 weeks and six days. I'm not sure why the arbitrary number, but let's continue. A 2021 ban outlawing abortion at six weeks was struck down by the state Supreme Court in January. Self-managed abortion, obtaining medication, which that is to terminate a pregnancy without a doctor's supervision, is illegal in the state punishable with a fine of $1,000 and up to two years in prison. Again, just for the woman. Earlier this month, a Greenville woman was arrested under that specific law for taking pills to end a pregnancy in 2021. So they're trying to enforce this shit. The whole thing is ridiculous and it is just infuriating. I'm so tired. Oh, by the way, these are probably the same people that are arguing that trans girls shouldn't be able to compete in sports because, you know, oh, we're going to protect girls and protect women. Get the fuck out of here. I'm so tired yeah. of the hypocrisy. Or the bills where you can't wear clothes that aren't for your gender assigned at birth. Like, I don't, how do you determine, like, what clothes are... <laughs> I had are, this, I made this statement the other day. If I'm wearing a suit, it's now a women's clothes. I don't give a shit what it looks like. If there are clothing on my I body, on, yeah. if I put it on, it is now clothing for women. Period. I don't give a, I don't care what how it's been advertised. I don't care what society thinks. If I'm wearing something that is because I am a female, it is now female identified clothing. Watch, they're going to say, oh, that COVID mask is a man's COVID mask, Dana. So you oh, have yeah. to go to jail now. Um, yeah. So. All right. Well, after that, we need some good news. So oh, please. send it into us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. And we'll be right with the back with the. With the and then that. And then that. That's what she said. You heard her. After these missiles. 
messages will be right back. All right, look, I get it. There is just no way anymore to have enough time and energy to get everything done. And then you want to add meal prep and measurement and all that to it? That No, that's why I use Factor. Factor delivers amazing, delicious meals that are they send them right to your door. And that way you can skip the grocery store, you can skip the food prep, and you can skip cleanup. Factor meals are never frozen. They're ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and eat. These flavor-packed meals can help you live life to the fullest, give you a bunch of free time back. They accommodate all sorts of dietary lifestyles, too, from keto and vegan to calorie-smart or protein-plus options uh, that are on the menu every week. All their meals are prepared by experts, chefs. They're delicious. They work hand-in-hand with registered dietitians, so each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. Factor puts in the work so I don't have to, and that is worth a lot to me. Yesterday, I had their garlic mushroom chicken thighs for the first time. Oh, my goodness. You know why? (laughs) Chicken thigh. Let me tell you, it was fantastic. It's keto-friendly. It's got lots of protein. It's tasty. It was a great combination of lemony shredded chicken thighs, creamy mashed cauliflower and roasted mushrooms. Yum. There was even a side of garlicky roasted beans, green beans that I absolutely loved. Yay, beans. Not only does Factor save me time and energy, I also have fun looking forward to all the delicious foods that are delivered right to my door. So right now, head to factormeals.com slash dailybeans50 and use code dailybeans50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code dailybeans50, all one word, and dailybeans number five zero at factormeals.com slash dailybeans50 to get 50% off your first box. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, you want to play What the Mutt, I've been killing it while you've been gone on What the Mutt, Dana. Oh, I have no doubt. Yeah, because, you know, mostly because they didn't have results. So everything I guessed (laughs) is correct. And uh, shout out to somebody you love. Shout out to small business in your area. You can send pod pet tax if you want to send us some good news. And if you don't have pod pet tax, you can send local adoptable pets in your area. We love to see those as well. Anything you want to send us at all, send it to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. All right. Responses to Allison's comment about not approving of the letter from the Democrats to Fox News was split pretty much 50-50. So, Dana, a couple of Democrats sent a letter to Fox News saying, you better shut up. And I was like, I don't know if I like lawmakers telling, uh, you know, an entertainment. Right. You know, let's say it was a comedian. You know, not news, but, you know, just, I don't know, uh, I don't know, an entertainment channel, which is what I think Fox News is. It's angertainment. But, and it's also registered as such. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I just don't I didn't like the idea. I was like, I don't know how I feel about this, you know, telling them that they have to do stuff and, pre- you know, government pressuring private industry to do things. But uh, Michael H.'s response is emblematic of the dissenting view. To my mind, the government should be empowered to keep the so-called news organizations from lying to the public. The public owns the airways and outright lies should be banned through regulation and legislation. Lying so publicly should not be considered spin. The perversion of patriotic speech should be defined as a crime. Undermining democracy by peddling alternative facts goes way beyond political speech. And uh, we'll, we'll agree to disagree there, Michael H., but thank you for articulating your opinion. And uh, we did have a lot of dissenting views. A lot of people feel the same way that you do, Michael. So um, I, I just I don't honestly don't know the answer. 
I'm just a little uncomfortable with it being a crime to say things, even if they're complete and total lies. But perhaps news organizations should have to have, you know, the fairness doctrine or some sort of a a thing where you you can't lie. I'm not sure. I'm not sure of the answer. I'll just leave it at that. But thank you for your submission. Absolutely. And this next one's from Veronica. No pronouns given. I was listening to a similar podcast from Deep State Radio, and they affirmed what I've been saying. The Democrats have been playing by the rules and the Republicans abandoned the rules ages ago. Likewise, we can't defend ourselves with pillows in a knife fight. Metallica continues to ring in my head. Fight fire with fire. (laughs) Fuck yeah, Veronica. I feel that. I feel the eye for an eye, but that can also leave the whole world blind, as somebody once said. And like, uh, you know, I just I feel like we're trying to preserve the rules and democracy. And it's I feel like it's hard to do that when you break them. But I get it. I, I Again, it's much like the uh, earlier discussion that we had with Michael H., I'm not sure what the correct answer is. I'm not sure what the correct way forward is. You know, we just have to be careful walking that line. So thank you for that submission, Veronica. Rob Lowe. Awesome. Rob Lowe, pronouns he and him. Is this the real Rob Lowe? Well, it says Bob, but... Oh, Bob Lowe. <laughs> see, my eyes see what they want to see at the I age love that of you said it twice, too. That was really funny. I mean, technically it's Robert, but he goes by Bob. All right. Well, Bob Lowe says, longtime Muller, she wrote Daily Beans, patron subscriber, and I have written a book. It's called Soccer, State in the States, and the S in state is a dollar sign. The book covers the people, teams, leagues, and the business of soccer in the USA. I am aware of a certain DG That's and me. love of the beautiful game. And it should be noted that the women's game will play a crucial role as soccer continues to grow in the USA. I went into the project simply to learn and share information about soccer and the state of the sport. However, the path led me to realize that there's a corrupt underbelly in global soccer. It's akin to many of the issues covered in the MSW media, government corruption, bribery, unequal justice, and more. Sound familiar? Sports is politics and vice versa. And yes, Bob Lowe, yes, I believe Mueller actually helped investigate some of that FIFA stuff. Now, soccer is the most popular and lucrative sport in the world. As such, it is a mirror for society. I put our beans on Americans continuing to help make the beautiful game and the world a better place. We'll include a link in the description if you would like a sample or if you would like to buy the book, Soccer State in the States. Thank you so much, Bob Lowe. Uh, One of my highlights over the last couple of weeks, and for the listeners who do follow the U.S. Women's National Team or have for some years, is I have somehow befriended Ashlyn Harris and Allie Krieger, and we had a very fun uh, night in New York last week where we just went to dinner, had drinks, and then we had pizza on the streets of the village at like, <laughs> you would have thought it was two o'clock in the morning at Joe's. Joe's? It, yeah, yeah it was so much fun. Anyway, they are wonderful. They now have two beautiful children that they've adopted that are these gorgeous babies and uh, they're just wonderful people. So I just wanted to sort of let people know that if you ever wonder what they're like, they are good. Sometimes you do want to meet your heroes. That's so cool. Oh, my yes. God. And by, by the way, McDougal Street is like one of my favorite. Oh, uh, Village is amazing. Areas of town. You've got the comedy. So you've got like nine comedy clubs right there. Yep. And you can just walk around. Everyone's funny. Uh, and it's it's just it's so much fun. That's where I went to uh, Ellie Honig's book signing party. Nice. It was very, very cool. Right above the Comedy Cellar. It was oh, a blast. Such a great area. Such a great area. 
All right, this next submission, this is from Servant of the Void, pronouns she and her. Hi, AGDG and the wonderful Beans crew. I start off every morning with a heaping serving of beans after getting hooked during the pandemic by the good news segment and all the times you get laughing uncontrollably. Trust me, they're my favorite too. First, DG, you've been an inspiration to me as I navigate the waters with my trans daughter. She has grown and out of the house, happy in a relationship, and still negotiating what and how much transition is appropriate for her. But I am so proud of her. I think I'm a better mom to her because the thing is you have pointed out on the show. Thank you so very much. I'm, I'm just an ally and doing the best I can, but I really appreciate that. If I am generous, our extended family is decidedly unliberal and deeply steeped in all things orange. So they are not at a place for me to go for support, which makes wonderful people like you so important. Insert many of the best mom hugs here. I will take them. And AG, I'm writing because you talked about your ever-shrinking blanket when you were a kid and realized it could have been how you were convinced to give it up. I wanted to let you know that you could very well be correct. When we were kids, my brother was not giving up his blanket and kindergarten was looming. So my mom would take a few inches off periodically, including removing and replacing the satin binding so it would look like the blanket was shrinking. Anytime he noticed, mom would comment on how much bigger he must be getting. Oh, brilliant. Right? By the time school started, he was able to head off to school on his own, blanket square safely tucked away, awaiting his return. I was slightly disappointed that my two kiddos were never that attached to their blankets, but I found other ways to parent them through sticky situations in creative ways. For my pet tax, I include a picture of my nine-year-old bundle of crazy, my void, Jinx. I got her on Halloween night because when else would you get a black cat? She's both afraid of her own shadow and a fierce defender of the homeland at the back door, launching herself at the glass to threaten squirrels, chipmunks, bunnies, and doves. And inside the house, she patrols for shoelaces. All shoes must remain carefully hidden. And unguarded bowls of mint ice cream. Mm. She loves to join in on conversations, meowing and looking at people like she thinks Uh, She's participating and is only encouraged if you talk back to her. She tends to take over the largest chair, the middle couch cushion, and the movie night so my partner and I sit and snuggle and believes she could eat at the table like the rest of us. I am lifelong dog person. I am a lifelong dog person. Thanks for all you do. I, I think it's the the cat sits in the middle cushion so that they cannot snuggle. Oh, cannot night. snuggle. Yes. Okay. Uh, so there there she is in her own bean bag chair. Oh. Oh, look at the little white patch. A little tuft on the chest. So beautiful. And the little fur coming out of the ears. I love her. OMG. So adorable. Thank you for sharing your void kitty. Hi, Jinx. And yes, must get on Halloween. And thank you for the kind words, too. Uh, Next up from Kim, pronouns she and her. I've loved listening to AG on Clean Up on Aisle 45 for quite a while now and recently started the Daily Beans. They're both my go-to pods that I typically listen to while walking my cat. Walking my cat. I love people who walk their cat. Me too. And the cat's name is Willow. Kim goes on to say, I definitely recommend other cat owners try the leash thing, even though the routes that cats choose to walk on can range from dull to bewildering. Walking them is a great way to decompress while keeping your cat and wildlife safe. Look at the bow tie. Oh, oh my God. That my is a God. dapper kitty. That is a dapper kitty on their walk. Oh, so adorable. And that's thank a big you. floof, actually. It's a big kitty. Yeah, that's some butt floof right there. Look at those furry pantalones. My so goodness. Adorable. All right. This is from Christine. Pronoun she, her. Happy days, lady of the legumes. 
This is a mixed grouping of submissions, inclusive of shit could say, pod pet tax, and local business in need of support. Let's start with the business. The Broken Spoon in Franklin, New Hampshire, is owned by a Jewish LGBTQ plus ally and has been the target of white nationalist hate and targeting that has been steadily ramping up since the past summer while the police continue to downplay the issues. Mm. The owner can certainly use the help, voice, and support of our community. If you're local to New Hampshire and able to support her restaurant, she has a wicked amazing online store full of fun tees, sweatshirts, and from time to time stickers. And it is, the website is Broken Spoon Franklin, L-I-N, not Y-N, franklin.com slash about. So that's H-T-T-P-S, as you know, colon, two slashes, brokenspoonfranklin.com slash about. She keeps an active Facebook page online on what is happening or not happening to protect her. Please, if you can, support her. Now, my actual good news is more of a celebration. This week was in the one-year anniversary of our dog, Daisy returning from being lost for 10 days. Ugh. In February 2022, Facebook group members may remember my post from back then, as I've included an image of the day Daisy met one of the amazing CT Dog Gone Recovery volunteers that helped us over these excruciating 10 days. Based on the sightings we received, it seems that she was crossing the area of thick-wooded hemlock streams, cornfields, with vast wildlife multiple times daily, apparently. We are so very thankful for everyone in the community in central Connecticut who kept an eye out, sent in sightings, put up posters, and walked those woods. When my 4.5-year-old heard, my 4.5, my 4.5-year-old, <laughs> listen, that's what it said. My, I didn't know what was coming next, everybody. I know you missed me. When my four and a half year old heard the news, I think kids should be 4.5 years old. I do. I agree. Good. When they heard the news that we found the dog, his first response was to sing happy birthday to her. (sighs) So now we celebrate every February 22nd and the 10 days of chaos that led up to getting up for her getting back to us. Now, lastly, as February 22nd was also the first Peter Strzok cleanup day, I will shake a, excuse me, share a why I can't speak anymore. I'm still learning how to read again. Don't I don't need an edit. I just want people to know that I've been out of practice. <laughs> this reader, this reader, this submitter will share a shit kids say or shit kids do. I've been saving up a bit. This kiddo has been listening to MSW beans and cleanup since he was born. And I previously wrote in when I realized I had to now switch to listening on headphones, when one day, without skipping a beat, he responded to AG not remembering the word bulldozer in conversation. <laughs> yep. All right. So let's set the scene. Dinner time with my husband, son and I. Round plates, forks and knives. Quiet conversation that lulls out to silence. Suddenly, and without prompting, my son picks up both his fork and his knife, bangs them on the table. Bang, bang. And at the top of his voice, thunder. Nah, 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 nah. No, thunder. Oh, oh nah, thunder. Nah, 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 thunder. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> See, you should have read this one. Could have been anything. Bang, bang, thunder. Then goes full animal from the Muppets while screaming the chorus again, thunderstruck. <laughs> oh, my God. So I guess you can say we've raised him well. I'm a little embarrassed about the way I read that last part, but that's okay. So I guess you can say we've raised him well. And a big welcome to Peter Thunderstruck. I love that. To MSW family, we're excited to have you. Thank you. Thank you for that. I'm so happy that Pete's there. Oh my goodness. Look at the pup and the kid. 
Oh, oh, look, yeah, showing the posters, the lost dog posters. Oh, I'm embarrassed that I went out like that on this last good news submission, but I'm back and I'm back in the saddle, people. There's going to be mistakes. Okay. <laughs> You're thunderstruck. It's fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. That's so cool. First of all, okay, so brokenspoonfranklin.com slash about and check yep. out Broken Spoon. And uh, Pete struck, thunderstruck. I love it. And yeah, by the way, this uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, uh, Pete and I get to talk to Dan Goldman, Congressman Dan Goldman, Ooh. about the weaponization committee, the Jim Jordan weaponization committee. Good, and, good, and good. Some other things, too. We got him for half an hour. It's a really great, nice. really great interview. And uh, yeah, congratulations on getting the baby back. I still, my Bruce is still missing. Oh. Um, I am currently fostering two other tuxedo cats, Ralph and Stash, who are very cool. Very oh my cool God, cats. so cute. And uh, I'm adopting a rescue uh, ragdoll boy here in a couple weeks. So I'm well, filling my house with cats. I figured, you know you what? Are. Fuck it. I'm almost 50. Let's do this. Let's just I mean, go you're a good Samaritan. And I don't mean to brag, but after being away from my apartment for three weeks, I'm also fostering many dust bunnies. So if anyone's <laughs> wants to know how to get dust bunnies, just leave your apartment for three weeks in Los Angeles with windows that aren't sealed. And you'll come home to... Many new pets uh, that don't actually have a heartbeat, but it's fine. It's <laughs> <That's> okay. <laughs> so technically they can't be aborted in South Carolina. Exactly. I, I, I don't have to carry them to term. I can get rid of them whenever I'd like. Mm, I don't know. You could get arrested if you were in South Carolina. We that. don't know when they were conceived. You don't. And you, they, that's the, <laughs> I, they might have personhood. You, you know, come on. Jesus, I can't believe we're actually talking about this like it's true because it could be. It's 20 fucking 23. You can't oh, wear a suit and have dust bunnies. It's nope. what are you going to do? That's your whole gig. Oh, man. They're going to start arresting <laughs> all these Scottish men in kilts. I know it. They're going to be like, that's a skirt, sir. Uh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Highland Fling. It's gonna, yep. The Scottish Rite Center down here is going to be uh, staked out. All right. Yep. Wow. Well, anyway, this has been wonderful. I'm so glad that you're back. And Me too. Uh, we will be here all week. And uh, I look forward to each and every day. If you have any good news you want to send in or anything uh, along those lines, you can send it to us at dailybeanspot.com and click on contact. Do you have any final thoughts before we get out of here? I do not. Other than I lied. Uh, Albuquerque surrounding areas. Go get those tickets before they sell out. May 20th. I'm going to be at the South Broadway Cultural Center. You can get tickets at danagoldberg.com. And I want to see you there. We are really close. We only have about 70 tickets in the whole theater. So it's an intimate venue. Go get your tickets today. Yeah. And everybody just check out danagoldberg.com. You don't want to miss that website. Go visit it. Even if yeah. you aren't going to, you know, if you can't make it to Albuquerque this time, because you, she's, you always have shows coming up. So I do lots of galas, lots of trips. And um, when I'm not here, I miss you all terribly. But thanks for, thanks for letting me uh, continue the career outside of the beans and, <laughs> and, and come back when I can. I appreciate you, my friend. Everybody will be back tomorrow. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. Take everyone with you. Everyone. I've been AG. And I have been DG. And them's the Beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media.